Hello, hello, good afternoon, ladies. How is everyone on this beautiful Sunday afternoon? Pre-Christmas Sunday afternoon, right? My name is Jacqueline Kabah Harrison, and welcome to a Queen's Roundtable show, episode nine. And I have a special, special guest here with me today, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Well, good Sunday afternoon to everyone. And again, thank you so much for joining. My name is Tanika Gilbert, and um, I am a licensed clinical social worker, short for psycho, well, long term for psychotherapist. I'm also a certified life transformation coach. Um, let me see, what else do you want to know? What? How long have I done these things? Well, I've been a licensed psychotherapist for almost 18 years. Doesn't seem like that, but it's, it's been almost 18 years and I became a certified life coach, certified, um, what, two and a half years ago. I found that, you know, in my private practice, I was coaching. I was doing a lot of coaching. I was familiar with what coaching was, but you know what? I, I was like just doing it, you know, working with women and I felt the need to get certified because of the fact that there were some things that I didn't know. You know, and, and education hurts no one. Education hurts no one. So I went ahead and I went through a certification, um, which is actually a funny story because I didn't do it by myself. Okay. So <laughs> I was actually invited to go through the certification training with someone else who actually helped me um, co-found my latest business. So do you want me just to flow into that? Yeah, flow yeah. <laughs> down into it. Okay. Well, as I said, I am a psychotherapist and I have a private practice. The name of that private practice is Behind the Veil Consultations. And what I, what I do is I work with individuals and couples who are dealing with what I call sexual and relational brokenness. Um, and what is that? Sexual brokenness could be childhood sexual abuse. It could be date rape, whether it was in your um, early years, in your college years, or even in your la latter years, because unfortunately, that kind of violation doesn't have an age limit. Yeah. And that's, that's real unfortunate. It doesn't have an age limit. And I also work with individuals and couples dealing with relational brokenness, and that could be infidelity, that could be sexual addictions such as pornography, um, voyeurism, or any of those other sexual addictions. Now, let me be honest with y'all. I did not want to do that. I'm also <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it is, but it was not something that I wanted to do. Plan. Mm -hmm. I, I got into it two, two ways. Um, let me back up. I'm also a minister. So y'all, that's my lifestyle. My relationship with God is my life. So um, not that I'm a preachy person because I'm not. I'm just a real person. And I talk. I just talk real. Um, I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse. I was also a victim of date rape. I was raped by a minister. Wow. And growing up, I hid those things. I learned how to play church. Um, I learned how to hide from my family. I learned how to hide from my friends, but I also learned some very, very bad behaviors. And I learned some very, very bad false beliefs. Like I was dirty and I was no good and I was damaged. You know, the things that we tell ourselves, if you have experienced that kind of violation, whether it's abuse of any kind, not just sexual, but abuse of any kind or, or a date rape, 
And I was telling myself, I'm all of these things that are no good. And God could never love me. And God could never use me. And no man would ever want me except for my body and except for what I could do for him. So I developed those false beliefs. And it wasn't until I was lying in the hospital bed in 1997. And me and God had a really, really good heart to heart conversation, father to daughter. And I told him there was no way that you could love me. There's no way that you could use me. And his response to me was just let me love you. And I was, oh yeah, but you can't. Now I'm telling God what he can't do, okay? And so he began to work with me and heal me in different places. Now it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one with him. It was also a lot of one-on-one -on -one with people because God does his best work through people. He is God, but he does his best work through people. And I'll never, I'll never forget this. I am sitting in California at a, a week-long conference for childhood sexual abuse. And Lord wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning. Now, three o'clock California time is right. not the same as three o'clock East Coast time, okay? <laughs> so he, he literally wakes me up and just tells me, get a pen and paper. And I don't know how long it was. But by the time he got done talking and I got done listening, I had written the business plan for behind Ooh. the consultation. You know, so I interviewed another lady a while back that said the exact same thing. Yeah. Wow. And I was Ooh. like, and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going, but God, I'm broken. You know, I can't do this because I'm broken. And he said, that's the very reason why you can. Because you're broken to become whole. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Now that's something else he said to me years later okay. as well. But that is how behind the veil consultations came about because of things that I had experienced in my life. And he gave me the business plan. Now, you know what, women, there are some of us out here that we get either a vision from the Lord or, or we get, you know, this is what my purpose is. But just because we get it at that moment doesn't mean we're supposed to do it at that moment. And that's exactly what happened. He gave me the business plan, but he also gave me instructions not to start it. He told me he would tell me when. Okay. And so it wasn't until two years later. Two years. Okay. Two years later. And this is how he did it. He did it through my husband. We were married, separated, gotten separated. And he knocked on my door one morning and said, okay, this doesn't make any sense to me but here's money hmm. and this is what you need to do. I'm going to watch our daughter while you go and you go get your business license and everything else you need. He handed me cash down to the penny, enough money for the business license, enough money for me to get the company um, cell phone, enough money for me to get the laptop that I needed Mm -hmm. And enough, yes, down to the penny because I had all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I had all this stuff written down and figured out. We're told to write the vision and make it plain. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, and you have to go do it today. And okay. I'm like, huh? he's like, nope, you have to, you have to go do it today. And so that's how behind the veil consultations came about. And you said that was originally 1997, and then two years 1999. When you now, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That is amazing. 
just how how God does things. It it was just amazing, and that's how that business started up. And it was like almost immediately, I had women contacting me. You know, I've been looking for somebody to talk to because this happened to me. Now here's what I love because I I'm blessed to serve anybody that comes across my path that I can serve. Now that doesn't mean I serve everybody because there are some people I'm not meant to serve and we need to understand that. Mm -hmm. But those that came across my path that I was able to serve, they would say to me, and a lot of these women were women that were within the church. Now, again, I serve everybody. So all of my clients just aren't within what I'll, what I'll term the body of Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they were coming and I've been dealing with this secret. And, and I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to do this or I'm serving and I'm doing this. And I feel like I'm a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You've just been broken by some life challenges and some life issues. But yeah. we know the great physician. But, you, you know, it's just, and the thing of it is, you've been there, you know. So being able to draw people out and because you know all of the all of the emotions firsthand of not feeling good enough, not feeling that anyone can love you. And like you said, feeling just broken to you, just just all the way broken down. You've been there. You know the what I mean? And the guilt. Yes. Right. The all of those feelings that that an individual may be holding on the inside. You know, you know what I mean? And and you can can validate that and let them know that all of that is normal and that they're not alone. And that in itself, I mean. That's life transforming. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That is that's life the phrase I'm looking transforming. for, life transforming. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And oh. to be able to say, I know that you can get through this. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I hate to hear people say is get over it. Mm. But now, have you heard that though? A lot oh, all the time. Really? Okay. Oh, you just need you just need to get over it. You that was years ago. You just need to no. I don't need to get over it. You don't need to get over it. You need to work through it so that you can heal. Because right. stuff that we get over comes back. Right. Yep. It keeps resurfacing. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know yes. what? I know one thing I like to use is the analogy of like a pressure cooker. Because it's like you can keep, you know, like it'll bubble up a little bit mm -hmm. you know, and you just like push, push it down. You know, you call yourself, you know, trying to maintain it, you know, and you just keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. But the thing of it is, like you say, unless you actually allow yourself to feel those feelings and work through it, it's going to keep cycling right on back yeah. around. And the thing of it is, and even though like work is ongoing, you know, because I know a lot of people that aren't in the uh, therapeutic realm, you know, they just kind of look at it like, oh, we're going to do the work and then I'll be finished. I'll never have to deal with it again. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I thought I turned everything down. And oh, oh, you're fine. Look, I had looked over yeah. at mine. So, <laughs> you know, no, nobody messaged me, right? Until I get on a, on a live. Oh, I know it. You I know. know. Um, so, and people think that, you know, oh, I'm going to deal with this. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to look back. I don't have to be bothered with it again. It's never going to resurface. And the thing of it is, once you do that work, it's not that it won't resurface again from time to time. Yes. Part of that work, correct me if I'm wrong, part of that work is 
giving yourself or having like an arsenal or a tool belt, so to speak, mm -hmm. or different ways and different techniques and coping skills to be able to utilize to effectively deal with it when it surfaces again. Absolutely. Mobilize you or cause you to, you yes. know, become stagnant. Yes. I talk about that. I wrote a book called The Nasty Side of Healing. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm oh, revising it a little bit. I'm revising it a little bit, but that's what I talk about in the nasty side of healing. There are times when, when we have to go back to places, you know, when we talk about, you know, we, we've been, we've worked through some stuff and then something else rises. And we're like, wait a minute. I thought that I had worked through this. Mm -hmm. This is what I had to learn in my own life. I, mm -hmm. I say this, you all, I never talk about or I'll never come to a person and talk about a place I have not been. I can only I can only talk to you about an experience I've had, and and the pitfalls and the joys from learning those things, even when they've been some hard lessons. And one of the things that I learned is that sometimes God will allow you to go back to places where you thought you were healed, and it isn't because you weren't healed. It's because he loves us enough that he'll never put more on us than we can bear. So he takes us through the healing that we can handle at that time. And then when we're ready for it, he will take us back if there's more healing that needs to be done. And I named the book, The Nasty Side of Healing, just for that. Because we don't, we talk about the glitz and the glamour of healing. Oh, it took me 21 or 31 days of these seven steps and I was done. Mm -hmm. But you don't tell me about the grit and the grime in those seven steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when I hit those steps, I either falter because I think I'm doing something wrong or I don't know that this is a part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. I broke my foot this year. Oh, okay. that, that was, oh, good Lord, the way that I did it. I live in Virginia. I live in central Virginia and I was going, I got up and I was going out my front door to go to work. I made it down the first step and I was holding on to the railing. Y'all, I was doing real good. I went to take that second step and missed it and went down the other nine. Oh, dang. Yes. Okay. Now I'm sitting there on the ground and the only thing I'm worried about is I hope nobody saw me fall. <laughs> No. Just I hope that <laughs> so I'm doing like this body scan while I'm laughing and laying on the ground. I'm doing this body scan. I don't feel anything broken, so I think I can get up. Okay. So I do get up. I I see that nothing is broken. I tore a little bit of skin on my arm. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I could deal with that. Okay. My foot hurts a little bit. Okay. I'm thinking I sprained it. So I get in and I drive to work. You know, it's a, it's a 25 minute drive. I drive to work. I'm fine. Well, by the end of the day, my foot was like two Four. times. <laughs> yeah. So I drive home. I don't drive to the doctor. Uh-uh. You know what? <laughs> I drive home. And my foot's still hurting, but I can walk and I can drive. Now, this is my right foot. This is my, okay. my right foot. Y'all, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So I get... I get home. My foot is like killing me at this point. It's like throbbing um, now, right? Yes. Yeah. 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, I get up and I'm like, you know what? I need to go and I need to get this foot checked out. So I go to the emergency room. They do all that. And I drive. Okay. And I go to the emergency room. They tell me I sprained it really, really bad. 
Hmm. But they say if it, they give me some meds and it's like, if it doesn't feel better in seven to 10 days, call the orthopedic doctor. Okay. I know our orthopedic doctors around this way. So I called anyway to make the appointment, which I'm so yeah. glad I did. Mm -hmm. Woman goes, oh, well, we have an appointment. I called the next day rather. And so the woman goes, well, we have an appointment later on this afternoon. Do you want to come? I'm like, yes, I want to come. So I go to work. I drive to work. I leave work to go to the appointment. Y'all, my foot was broke. I broke. How was you getting around like that? I was, I was driving. But here's the thing. Here's one of the points I want to bring out. Sometimes we become accustomed to the pain. Okay. And so we walk with it. Wow. Because we become accustomed to the pain. And that's exactly what I had done. Yeah. In these 48 hours, I had become accustomed just, to pain. Just that, just that fast. Yep. Wow. That's deep. So when the, when the orthopedic doctor tells me it's called the, the, metator, the metatorsal, mm -hmm. and like, this is your foot. I broke it all the way across. Okay. So he tells me, he says, now, this is going to hurt. Ooh. I have to set it to heal it. Okay. I ain't going to go too deep. I'm not, I'm not, I have to set it to heal it. But sometimes that's what happens with us. We have to be set to heal, right. which means that we're going to experience a little bit more discomfort, but there's purpose behind it. And when we're going through pain and we're experiencing pain and when we're in the healing process, it is a lot of discomfort, but there's purpose behind the discomfort. Right. Absolutely. And so that's when I'm working with the women, these are the things that I'm talking about with them. And we look at the places of discomfort while you're walking your healing journey. And then I'm able to share with them, whether it's me in, in the counseling or the coaching um, session, or I'm, I'm a big proponent on growth, y'all. And so with me, you work. I tell people you coming to me for counseling mm -hmm. or coaching, you got to know we're going to work. We're, we're going, we're going to work because there's a place that you want to get to. Otherwise you wouldn't have come to me. And there's right. a place I want to see you reach that I know you can. And so we work. Okay. And a lot of the work is uncomfortable, but not always. And that's right. something else I learned. And I actually shared this with a couple of my clients while I was going through, you know, the whole process of the broken foot. Mm -hmm. And they were like, it is amazing how you would just take something as real life as a broken foot and be able to apply it to mm -hmm. whatever my situation is. But ladies, we all can do that. Yeah. We can learn lessons almost anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. Yeah. And at any time in our life. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. you know, he said it and it was, it was uncomfortable, but yeah. then this is what he did after he set my foot. He put a boot on it. Girl, that boot weighed 12 pounds. Did Ooh. it? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've seen people with them, but I've never. I had it. the big black, okay. I had the big black boot. Wow. Because, okay. my, because of how my foot was broken, he had to protect it. Okay. Now I'm hard headed, y'all, because he wanted to go another route. And I was like, we can't go the surgery route. So I made oh, a deal with surgery. Yes. That's what he wanted to do. Okay. 
I'm a caretaker for my my parents and I have a 13. Well, she just turned 14 yesterday. Daughter. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't be down. Mm -hmm. I can't be down for 16 weeks because I had surgery. So I made a deal with it. I was like, how about we do this? You let me wear this boot for four weeks. OK, I'm going to come back in four weeks. If it's not healing the way that you would like for it to heal, then we can do the surgery. OK. So then I want he agreed to it. Okay. Because y'all, I'm talking my faith. And my orthopedic doctor, I've gone to him for other things. So mm -hmm. he's very familiar with me and my faith. Right. So he knew not to argue because because he wasn't gonna win. So <laughs> four weeks later, uh -huh. came back and it was healing well. Okay. And so he was like, Okay, I can see that we don't have to do we don't have to do the surgeries. It's healing quite well, better than he thought, to be yeah. honest. But y'all, that happens with us sometimes. Sometimes we're healing better than we or other people think we are. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and sometimes, you know, even with the even with the boot, after he said it, he had to put a protecting around it, a covering. And in our healing process, we have things to cover us. That's why you have a life coach or that's why you have a therapist or that's why you have a prayer partner or why you have a best friend that you're able to talk to because they're covering. Right. Absolutely. And in healing, you will need to cover. Now, this is all the stuff I do. And I love, I love doing it, which, you know, let me fast forward in my life a little bit. Okay. Um, my husband and I actually divorced. Okay. Um, being honest, you know, it takes two to get married and it takes two to leave a marriage, no matter what anybody says. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Remember when you were back in 1997, mm -hmm. when you, you said it was your ex-husband. My husband at the time. We were married oh, at the time. Oh, your husband at the time. Okay, okay. Yep. that's a good ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> we, okay. we were married but separated. Okay, yeah. married but separated. Okay, so, yeah. okay. Go ahead. So we, we ended up, we did, we ended up getting divorced. And I can talk about me. That, that's all I can talk about. I can talk about me. Okay. I had to learn a lot of lessons through that because I started to think, oh my God, now I really am damaged goods because I was married and now I'm divorced and now I'm a single parent and now I'm in the church and I'm a minister and I'm all of this and I'm divorced and I'm mm -hmm. bringing on all this self-condemnation. Nobody else needed to condemn me for anything because I was doing a good job doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was doing a really good job and God had to really get a hold of me again and be like, what are you doing? And that's the kind of relationship I have with God. I mean, I can go to him and be like, now look, I could be like, oh, thou most graceful father, thou who has made the heaven. And I honestly believe, and this is just me. I believe when I do that, cause I've tried to do it sometimes. I believe God is sitting there like, I'll wait. And when you're ready to get real, I'll listen. <laughs> I like that. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> or when I had my pity parties, you know, y'all ever mm -hmm. had them? Them mm -hmm. pity parties, you know, we just throw those, adult, those adult temper tantrums. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, you done yet? And like, yes, I'm done. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened. He had to get a hold of me when I was coming out my little adult temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, we're going to use this. We're going, we're going to use this. One of the reasons why we divorced was because we both, but I'm going to speak specifically for me, right. there were still some areas where I really needed to heal. And I hadn't worked the process. 
of the healing. And I was looking for him to be my healer. And that was not his role. Right. That that was not his role. Mm-hmm. Or anyone's role for that matter. And no one. Sometimes, and this is a whole nother subject in itself, but you know, a lot of times we go into relationships with other individuals thinking that the other person is gonna do this and they're gonna do that. And basically, like you said, they're gonna make us whole again or they're gonna heal us. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, we have we have to do that ourselves. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have to do that ourselves. Yeah, we're we're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. We're responsible for that. And I had some I had some hidden behaviors okay. that I had not allowed myself to be healed. Okay. Not not allowed myself to be healed. And so I was looking for him to rescue me from those things. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Right. Not not gonna not gonna happen. Some other things which I'll leave mm-hmm. at a later time in another book y'all can read. But it'll right. still be dealing about me and <laughs> not him. Um and years later, let me see, the divorce was in 2013. And the funny thing about it was God was like, you know what? You're gonna heal from this, you're gonna grow, and you are gonna marry again. I'm sitting there like, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not going through this again. I am not going, no, I'm not going through this again. And then there were days when I'd be like, God, I really, I really desire that. And if you said I can have it, then I'm going to believe you for it. I was believing him for it, but I didn't want to believe for the work that was going to have to be done for me to be prepared for it. Okay. You know, and there were days when I wanted to, there were, there were days when I wanted to do the healing work. And then there were days I don't want to do the work. Y'all, I'm just being real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, pain in the process, that's, that's very, very real. And you can have those days. And I've had those days where I'm just all for, all for the process. And then that pain hits and then I'm all for the pain. Mm-hmm. Until I realized there's purpose in the pain, Tanika. So let's move forward. Remember, I don't say get over it. And I will correct people all the time when they say it, because what you try to get over comes back. You're going to run into it again and you're going to run into it harder. Mm-hmm. So let's work through this. Let's work through this. And it took some years again, um, cause God knows me and loves me so much. He knows that he got to work on me. That's why I am a work in progress. We are. <laughs> it is. I my coaching practice. The title of it is actually live on purpose. Live on purpose. That's what I was going to say. We, we hear, we hear that a lot. You know, I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to live on purpose. But for me, that has a very unique meaning because my live on purpose, I look at all the things I've come through because they were a part of my purpose. They didn't feel good, but God said that he would work them for my good. And he had purpose for allowing them. The moment that I realized that God did not do those things, God did not rape me. A man did. And even in the midst of that, we can go, well, God, why did you allow it? Why why did you let this happen to me? Man chose that. But God began to deal with me on all the things he protected me from that I hadn't seen behind closed doors. There were some things that people that have had the experiences that I've experienced have not been able to work through because they've been so physically and or emotionally and spiritually damaged. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen to me. And there was purpose behind that. Mm-hmm. So that is why I say live on purpose. 
Okay. Because God showed me a more excellent way. Okay. Rather than just, you know how I talked about earlier, becoming comfortable with the pain? Mm-hmm. You know, he showed me a more excellent way to mm-hmm. utilize what it was I had experienced mm-hmm. for purpose. Right. And so that to me is what live on purpose represents. Yes. You know, yes. that's yes. what it represents for me. Mm-hmm. So 20, 2016, I did all the paperwork, launched Live on Purpose in 2017. Okay. Where I got my certification as a life coach. And under that, what I under Live on Purpose, what I do is mm-hmm. I work specifically with women mm-hmm. who have been impacted by the trauma of sexual or relational brokenness so that they can do three things. Number one, they can work through the hurt. Mm -hmm. Number two, redefine who they are. And number three, discover their God-given purpose for life and relationships. So that is live on purpose. Now, is this, is there an age, age range? Cause you, cause you gear it towards young, younger women, right? No, I work under behind the veil consultations for my, for my private practice, the therapy. I work with 21 years old and up. Okay. Yes. Now it doesn't mean that I don't, I've been asked sometimes to see younger children. Um, I will do that, but it is on a case by case basis, to be honest okay. with you. Um, but I specifically work with age 21 and up, and I see men and women and oh, couples. Men, women. Okay. But now for men, no, that's the therapy part. That's behind the veil. Right, that, that's, mm-hmm. But for, for the coaching, mm-hmm. yeah, it's only women. And then there's women who's 21 years old as well. 21 years old. Yeah. Okay. And old. Yep. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm glancing down and looking at your, your bio here. And Okay, right. So you you you're a certified professional life and relationship transformation coach. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and I I know we you have your MSW. Both have our MSW. Yeah. Hey for MSW, and you went to Howard. Yes, I went to how I went to grad school. Yep, okay. in Howard. Yes, nice. yes. Oh, it's it's like I had a question, but. It um it has escaped me, but I just wanted to go back to because I don't you know I try to hold it because I don't want to you know I don't want to interrupt you, but um when you told the story about the breaking of the foot and use that analogy or use it as an analogy for kind of getting used to the pain, okay. mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that is huge, you know, and like I work. Sp- I work specifically with women, right? African-American women. And one of the reasons behind my business is that, you know, as a, as a social worker over the years and, you know, even so professionally and personally, mm-hmm. I have encountered a lot of women from, you know, different socioeconomic statuses, different educational backgrounds, married, single. And I have found a common theme of low self-esteem and low self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons. And the other piece to relate to what you were saying is that if a person doesn't, it's easier for a person to suffer 
with that pain or to just get used to it and just assume or just feel that they have to remain in that state if they don't mm-hmm. feel empowered. If they yeah. don't feel empowered, if they don't feel that they have the, the capability or the answers, you know, lie within them to whatever mm-hmm. to whatever sort of situation or um, hardship that they're going through, they're much less, much more likely, shall I say, to remain in that situation. Yes. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a, um abusive relationship or, you know, and that, <clears throat> and I think a lot of times people think, when they think about abusive relationships, they think about, you know, being beat up on, you know, daily being beat up on. But mm-hmm. there's all sorts of there's all sorts of toxic relationships that we continue to remain in. Yes, right? you know um, that are physical that may be physical, but also have a, have an emotional component as well. Mm-hmm. And that could be with a spouse, you know, an intimate partner. It could be with a parent. You know, it could be with a sibling. You know, j- just a family member in general. You know. Yeah. Because Unfortunately, there, you know, I mean, and we, we all have this, we all have a certain amount of dysfunction in our families, mm-hmm. you know, but I think a lot of, but <clears throat> part of my, my purpose with realizing your potential was that I wanted women to know that they deserve better, that they deserve better yes. and that they have all of the tools within them to do better. And once you know better, you do better. Yes. You know, so that that's why that 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 resonated with me in terms of the um just suffering through suffering through the pain. You know, and that and that's and that's why it's so good to have these open type of dialect like we're having now. Yes. You know, because it, like you said there's a lot of people, a lot of women cuz I'm focusing this on women. There's a lot of women that are like just suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want them to know that it doesn't have to be like that. You know, if they're willing to put the work in, you know, they they can mani- they can manifest whatever they want to in their lives. Absolutely. You know, they, they can in essence create the, the 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 lifestyle that they truly desire, you know, and surround themselves with other individuals that love them, that support them, that encourage them, have their best interests at heart, you know, and that they can actually be happy and 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 be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And and it's these kind of platforms. That's why I didn't say this at the beginning. So please forgive me. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be a part of this platform because it is so, so necessary. I'm just the kind of individual. I'm the kind of woman. I'm the kind of person. I'm the kind of mom. I'm the kind of daughter. I just believe in being real. Yeah. I don't have I don't have time for my daughter <laughs> mama. She don't even say B100. She she don't say that. She said, right. Mama, we don't do fake. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't have the time to be fake before you. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't and when we're when we're real and we're able to just sit and talk and have dialogue, even uncomfortable dialogue. Because truth be told, nobody really wants to get up every morning and be like, oh, I want to talk about my pain. Me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. But we do recognize that healing comes in the talking. Right. And yeah. the transformation comes in the doing. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what's required, 
in order for me to, to be, you know, the best me that I can be and for you to be the best you that you can be and that you mm -hmm. desire to be. And most importantly, that you are able to be. It's going to be through mm -hmm. platforms like this mm -hmm. so that you can see, oh, wait a minute. There are women out there that have been through some stuff, but mm -hmm. they've overcome. Right. And if she can do it, then God knows I can do it. Yep. And then Absolutely. they're willing to share how they did it. It's not a, you know, I got my healing, you got yours yeah. to get. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's and that's the key. You know, that that that's why when I do um, you know, select in, um people to come onto the show, I like for it to be individuals that are open, you know, that are willing to share. And like like you said, willing to share what they've been through and willing to share how they the you know how they overcame it. Or, or or how they were able to heal their yeah. own individual healing journey. Yes. You know, and just being open enough to share that, you know, because I, I, I think, and this is, I'm only just going to touch on this just a little bit, but I think with, you know, all of the social media, you know, our society is so centered around, you know, like you go to someone's feed and, you know, everything is all these happy moments, you know, oh, I'm here, you know, I'm having dinner with my, with my, with, with my besties, you know, and I'm over here, you know, I took a trip to Cancun and all so happy and the beach was so nice, you, you know what I mean? And it's just like a lot of little snapshots of all of the good, you know, and, and I, I, I think that, I think that people automatically think that when they show these little snapshots that that is giving people or they're, they're, they're trying to put off the image of everything is perfect. You mm -hmm. know, every, everything is great. Somebody could have just took a nice picture. They smile and then this and that and the other. And an hour later, they, they could be, you know, somewhere alone um, having a crying spell. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? But I think pe people need, need, need to understand that it's okay. You know, that, that we are not always going to feel 100%. No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. This this last month and a half has been very, very challenging for me. Extremely mm -hmm. challenging. I said it earlier. You know, I have a now 14 year old daughter. Y'all, she'd get me if she knew I was still trying to make her be 13. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> my parents, um, not to you know divulge their business. Of course, we use wisdom. But my father is 92 and my mom is 82. My father is in stage seven dementia. And that is very, very challenging, extremely challenging. Um, I'm 44 years old. There are only two times in my life I recall seeing my father sick. And one time was when he caught the flu and growing up in my house, oh my Lord, there were so many of us in that house, you know, my daddy never got the flu. We were getting the flu. We were getting colds. My daddy never got the flu. And the one time he, he got it, I didn't know what to do. You couldn't convince me, you know, that my dad wasn't, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but I don't know another way. I had never seen it before. And so to me, I was like, oh my goodness, my daddy is so, so sick, so, so ill. Cause it was foreign mm -hmm. for me to see him like that. You know, mm -hmm. the second time was when he had a stroke my first year at Howard, he, he had a, a massive stroke. Um, 
And I was just like, oh my goodness. And to see my dad bounce back from that, you know, they were like, oh, he's gonna be paralyzed. He's not gonna be able to do this. Well, they called us 24 hours later talking about we had to restrain him because he was getting up out the bed. This is a man y'all said wasn't gonna walk again. Wow. Okay. Really? So okay. That, and to see, you know, he's now in, in the last stage of dementia. And so it's to, to see him on his days that are challenged and then his days that are better than others. And that's how I term them. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's hard to watch. And then to watch my father and my mother, I'm 44. My parents have been married over six, I think it's either 63 or 64 years that they've been married. And so can you imagine what that's like for someone you've spent oh, 60 decades with? No, I can't. You know, so to help my mom navigate day by day right. with that and still work. Right. You know, I, I said it earlier, to live on purpose, this is what it looks like. It is not all glitz and glamour. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is not. So I'm very much with you when you talk about the Facebook. In fact, it was someone, I don't remember, it came through the other day because y'all, I'm really not on Facebook every day. Not like I was because I'm living life. Right. Um, they were talking about how you see, you know, all of the snapshots that you were mentioning, but you don't see the other moments. And we we try to pattern or try to, to falsely believe that our life has to be like what we see on Facebook. No, no. Even with my businesses, you all, I have had challenges in my business. I shut down behind the veil consultations mm, okay. for a year because, you know, you can give and give and give and give, but if you're not getting filled back up mm -hmm. and for, a, I, that superwoman syndrome, oh, that's real. <laughs> that mm -hmm. is that is that is real. And I had to recognize, you know what? I need to take a break. Mm -hmm. And ladies, there is nothing wrong with it within your business needing to take that break. Mm -hmm. and, that, and to replenish. You yes, know, replenish because you, you've got to. What is a car that running on empty do? Eventually it shuts down mm -hmm. and somebody else has to come and fill your tank. Yeah. And oftentimes what happens when we live in that superwoman syndrome, we get broken down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank God I had the wherewithal to recognize it the second time, because the first time I didn't told y'all I was going to be real. Right. <laughs> the first time I didn't. But thank God the second time I had the wherewithal. And I did. I, I let my clients know they were able to get to a place where they could be, you know, um, either transferred to someone else or they were at a good place in their healing that we did what we call the maintenance work. Okay. You know, I had to, I had to do that for a year. Yeah. And so to be honest, behind the veil consultations has been back open since October. Okay. That's it. You know what? And people need to hear that. Ladies, y'all need to hear that because, you know, I know I talk a lot about self-care. Yes. Yeah. You have to practice self-care. It's not optional. It's not something, oh, if I just get it, if I get a chance, or if I have time, you know, it's something that, and especially doing the type of work that we do, mm -hmm. you know, working with other people, 
and helping them, helping them through their transformation. You know, and it's like you have to constantly replenish, you know, like how you use the analogy with the car. You know, I mean, you, you can't keep you can't run on fumes, you know, and the thing of it is. And I, I, I think I don't know where we get this. I mean, I have some thoughts, but, you know, in reference to like you mentioned, wearing the cape, um, it's just like I think women in general and especially African-American women, we become so used to just handling things, you know, and I've taught I've interviewed a lot of women that have told me that. You know, just growing up, they learned to just take on, take on, take on, mm -hmm. you know, just to pretend everything is okay. You know, don't rock the boat. Just, you know, be a good little girl. Just nod your head and, you know, just, just, you know, don't, don't, don't say anything out of the way. Don't, don't really express yourself. You know, this is how you're supposed to live your life. This is what you're supposed to do. You know, so I've talked to like a lot of just a big range of, of um, individuals. I mean, young ladies from like, early 20s on up through their 50s you know mm -hmm. and it's a lot of the same a lot of the same programming yes. you know is that we we constantly feel like we have to take everything on you know here we are we most of us juggle between you know being a wife or you know just being in an, in, in an intimate relationship children full-time jobs and those of us that are business owners as well, you know, maybe we have responsibilities in the church or just other community organizations. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we go, we just switch our little hats. You yeah. know, like almost like Wonder Woman. Remember Wonder Woman? Yes. She would go over there and she'd do her little spinning. And she mm, man, here she is. Yes. <laughs> you know, but the thing of it is, um, you have to realize that eventually you'll wear yourself down. You will wear yourself mm -hmm. out. You know, and if you you have to be in order to be able to achieve any personal and or professional goals, you have to be together mentally, physically and spiritually. Absolutely. You can't be depleted. Absolutely. You know, I think you're really going to do, you know, do yourself or anybody else or your community any good. I had to learn that just because I could do it didn't mean I should do it. Yep. Just because you could. I like that. Just because mm -hmm. you could doesn't, doesn't mean you should do it. Because we can do it, you know, oh, but yeah. mean that we that, that we should do it. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to stop and replenish and fill up yes. that tank. I'm just glancing here because I wanted to, <clears throat> let me see, we, we talked about challenges. Um, I'm just looking at the time. So you've given us a very good idea of, you know, you, you've been very detailed about how you help how you help people in your in your businesses and you know a little bit about yourself and your why you know was wrapped up in that and your 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 purpose so what i want to ask you now is, is is a couple of things just on a on a lighter note what advice would you give to either a younger version of yourself or a young woman you know maybe just graduating high school or early, early 20s, what type of advice would you give to her or yourself? Younger for, a younger, for a younger version of me, I would say to, to that young lady, number one, recognize that just because you were broken in some areas of your life does not mean that you are discarded. 
Okay. Even broken things have value. Right. Okay. Even broken things have value. For a young lady, you know, I, I'll say it like this, the millennials. And I kind of I kind of like that term. I kind of don't like that term. Now, but the millennials I, are, are individuals that were born in what, the 90s? 90s, yes. Okay. Yep. I had I had the opportunity to meet with a young lady um, in my office on Friday and she was experiencing life. And I looked, you know, I, I had to take her age into. Uh oh. You stuck. I don't know if. Oh. I don't know if that's my internet connection or. Ah. Wait a minute. You Hang on. Ladies, if you guys can still hear me, I don't know what happened. She was talking and. And then just went blank. Or then she just stuck. Okay. okay, ladies, we're having some technical difficulties. Let's see. Get back on. Did that work? Mm. I was trying to see if she was going to be able to get back in. Okay, I may just have to end and then start back up. Okay, I think I'm going to have to go out and then go back in, ladies.
Oh, oh sorry about that. Okay, I don't know. Hey. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. No, that is my everything in my house, just all the TV <laughs> and the internet just went bye-bye. So you know what? Because mine does that sometimes. And it came back on. So if you I'm sorry, I'm on my phone, so it looks a lot different. So oh, yeah, yeah, just a little, but okay. okay. I moved my hand. <laughs> is that better? Yes. Okay. So ladies, I'm so sorry about that. But what I was saying was I told the young lady that I was I had the opportunity to meet with on Friday. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? This is just a moment in your life. Yeah. It is not, it's not the final chapter. This is not the end of the story. This is just a moment in your life. It is a page. Yeah. Yeah. It is a page in a book. I like that. That That is it. It is just a page. And I would say that to, to any young lady that is watching now. No matter what it is you're facing or whatever it is you're experiencing. Oh, this is... Okay, now I can go back to... I'm sorry. It finally came back up. So I know oh, okay. it looks better on... <laughs> My laptop than it does on my phone. So come on. Actually, it's actually not. It's not too bad. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is this is just a page. Young yep. lady, this is just a page. Just a page. Yep. Not the final. This chapter. is right. This not is temporary. It's not permanent, right? Yep. It is. It is just temporary. Um, I, I love the man that that is in my life. It's a moment. Oh, that's so sweet. It's a moment. It's a moment. Okay. This is this is a moment. Okay. So share with you. This is just a moment. That's it. It's just a moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know what? So we let's go ahead and um, close out because it's like five minutes to four. Okay. So, I enjoyed talking. I'm yeah, talk. this was fun. It was fun. You know, and um, it just really um, flowed well, and I just really enjoy speaking with you. But before we go, let everyone know um, if you have any upcoming <clears throat> events that you'd like to share with us. I don't know, webinars, summits, maybe you're going to be speaking somewhere. Let them know um, how they can contact you. Although I'm, I, you know, I will also include your, your information, your website and things of that nature in the comments, but still speak it out to us. Okay. Um, I, I offer this to everybody. I call what we what we call a confidentiality call. And it's where you're able to have a minimum of a half an hour, maximum of 45 minutes, which really goes over 45 minutes a lot of the times. But, you know, we coaches have to say it like that. <laughs> it, it's a free call where you are able to, to call and we talk. You tell me about where you are, what it is. You know, that you're seeking where, where it is you want to go. And we talk about, you know, the best ways to get you there, whether it's with me or whether it's with somebody else. Because, again, I recognize I ain't for everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'll try to help. I'll try to help you get what it is you need. And in order to to have that free confidentiality call, all you do is the link is bit.ly forward slash confidential with Tanika. And I don't think I can type it. But you know what? I can type it and I'm gonna do it. Okay. That's that's right, right. now. You know, the bit.ly links is bit.link, bit.ly rather, sorry, confidential with Tanika. It takes you right to my calendar. So you get to go in and pick a time that's convenient for you. So you only have to pick up the phone to call me to schedule. 
Um, I, I love I love that. It's one of those ways of working smarter. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Give, give it to me one more time. I, I got my thing up now. Type it, it in. Uh -huh. Bit dot Lee forward slash confidential with Tanika. And it's all lowercase. And Tanika is spelled just like my name, T-A-N-Y-K-A. Okay, so I have B-I-T period L-Y forward slash mm -hmm. confidential, confidential with uh -huh. and then your name T-A-N-Y-K-A. -A. Yes. Okay. Yep. And that's whether you're interested in the coaching or the therapy. Okay. You know, or you're like, I don't know what I need. I don't know what I want. Feel okay. free. Feel free to use that link and it takes you right to my calendar where you can pick a time that works for you. Okay. Um, I do have a book that is, I was a part of an anthology. It's called the I Am Healed Devotional. And that will be on coming January. That's going to be on my store, which is being finalized right now. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm living life. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, as a mom, as a caregiver, I now balance my time. Okay. I, I balance my time and I realize I'm not getting everything done in one day. Right. So, you know, my deadline is, is going to launch January 2nd. Okay. You will see that, and and the link escapes me like right at this moment. I can't. Think of it. You know, you can go back in. Okay. Well, actually, can you? I can probably you put know, it in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You can go back in. What am I thinking? Right. You can go back in and put it in the comments when you get a minute. Okay. I will. I will do that. It is going to launch January second, so I am excited Ooh. about that. Yay! All right. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Oh well, you know what? You are like a breath of fresh air. And I really enjoyed, you know, chatting with you. I mean, really, and you're, you'll definitely hear from me um, in the future um, mm -hmm. in reference to different collaborations, you know, because I, I, I don't have my whole 2019 calendar planned out as of yet. Neither I know I'm going to work on a couple of collaborations and I want to, you know, bring in other um, other therapists to talk about, you know, different aspects of mental health and so forth. And I'm working on I'm working on putting it together now. So I'll probably contact you um, in the near future. Oh wow, I look forward to it. I do. Yeah, me too. Sure. I love getting that information out there, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love collaborating with other with other people that are helping mm -hmm. other people. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. And you you you're in Virginia, you said, right? Yes, yes I'm okay. in Virginia, but I do travel. I am a speaker. Um, I I do travel. So okay. I love to do that. And as you see, I love to talk. <laughs> you said what? I, I love to talk. Oh, <laughs> I love it though. You know, you know, some people ask them a question, they answer one word and they be looking at you like, next. <laughs> yeah. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I really did. So you know what? Thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in. And for those of you that didn't, that were not able to join us live, but you caught the replay, we appreciate you as well. Um, in the comments, if you could put replay viewer, that would be phenomenal. If you have any questions for either either one of us, um, leave that in the comments as well. So this concludes a Queen's Roundtable show episode nine. Thank you so much for joining us. And I want to say happy holidays to everyone. Christmas is 
what, a couple of days away? Yes. Can you believe that? That we are going to be in 2019 in a minute? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm. But anyway, have a wonderful afternoon, everyone. And I'm going to go ahead and end now. I'm Jacqueline Kabai Harrison, your host. And I will chat with you guys again soon. Bye, ladies. Bye-bye.